Hey, writers, join our first draft weekly writers club. We meet every Tuesday from 12 to 1 Eastern time. For more information, go to writingclassradio.com and click on the classes tab. I'm Andrea Askowitz, and this is Writing Class Radio. You'll hear true personal stories from the students in our class and learn a little bit about how to tell your own stories. And I'm Allison Langer, and together we produce this podcast, which is equal parts heart and art. And by heart, we mean the truth in a story. By art, we mean the craft of writing. So no matter what's going on in our lives, writing class is where we tell the truth. It's where we work out our shit. There's no place in the world like writing class. And we want to bring you in. Welcome to season six. You've already heard two episodes of The Andrea Show. This is the third of eight uh, stories in the Andrea show. On these stories, I'm Andrea's like primary editor. When she turned 50, she decided to write an essay each week. Thankfully, Andrea takes edits much better than I do. So usually when they come in, I'm really pretty blunt. It takes me about 20 minutes and I just like flat out like this sucks. Don't cut that. Don't, don't do this. I'm not really that nice. Um, and then what you guys get is the final version. And then we'll go over some of the things we did to make this so great. All right. This is called Dick Picks. I got to say that again. It's so much fun. Dick Pick. <laughs> Dick Picks. Dick Picks. If you're listening in the car with your children. Well, now so they've far, already heard shit. Dick said 57 right. times. We're sorry, little guys out there. But really, this story that you're about to hear is not for kids. This is Andrea's latest essay, Dick Picks. I'm watching Christine Blasey Ford testify in front of the world. She says she was assaulted by Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh, who has denied the allegation. I believe Ford, because why would anyone put herself and her family through this kind of scrutiny and loss of privacy? Why would anyone make herself the target of hatred, including death threats? She says she's been forced out of her home and is now protected by bodyguards. My daughter spent three summers at a sleepaway camp. It was her favorite place in the world. She planned to continue going until she aged out, then become a counselor in training, and then a counselor. She planned to run the camp someday. But the summer before last, when she was 13, a boy her age told his cabin mates he wanted to rape her. His cabin mates told her cabin mates, who told her and her counselor, who told the head of the hill, who told the camp director. Everyone was notified, including the boy's mom everyone except me. I didn't hear about the incident until months later. One night in October, I learned what had happened when my daughter sat on my bed and told me about another boy, a fellow eighth grader, who'd sent her a picture of his penis. She cried because the boy used to be her friend. He asked her to kiss him, and she said no. Then he pressured her harder by sending a picture of his penis. She called it a dick pic, using that now all-too-common lingo, as if a picture of a dick showing up on a 13-year-old's phone is normal. Apparently it is. My daughter has been sent 30 dick pics between 6th grade and the middle of 8th grade. All her friends have gotten dick pics, she told me. So many boys send them. When I asked if the penises on the photos were hard, she said, What does that mean? I explained with my pointer finger that a penis could either flop down or point straight out. 
She said, hard. This is what Christine Blasey Ford says. When she was 15, she went to a friend's house to hang out with a few kids. Some of the kids had been drinking a lot. She had to pee and went upstairs to the bathroom. Two boys followed her up the stairs. One of them shoved her into a room. One of them locked the door behind them. The boys laughed like two friends having a great time, while one of them got on top of her, groped her, and tried to get her clothes off. She feared she'd be raped. And when he put his hand over her mouth to muffle her screams, she thought he might accidentally kill her. She tried to fight him off, but couldn't until his friend jumped on the bed and knocked them over. It's difficult for a girl to know what to do when she receives a photo of a penis. Boys send the pictures through Snapchat. If she takes a screenshot, then legally she's distributing child pornography. Worse, the boy will get a notification that someone took a screenshot of his picture. Chances are, then he'll retaliate. He'll spread rumors. He'll post a picture of some other girl's breasts and say it's her. When I asked my daughter if she ever sent pictures of her body parts, she said no, but she knows girls who have. I don't know if a dick pic feels like an assault, but I imagine it does, because my daughter told me all this and then, in that same conversation, told me what happened at camp. I called the camp director the next day. He said they did an investigation. He said the boys' cabin mates were questioned. They couldn't prove the boy said the word rape. No one was sure. He told me there was another incident where the boy lay on top of a girl in the infirmary, but then a few days later, the boy and the girl became a couple. How is that relevant, I asked. He said the boy may have been misunderstood. I said, you are a camp director, and you seem to know nothing about a girl's psychology. The director told me they watched the boy all summer. They did everything they could to protect her. I said, you did everything you could to protect him. Christine Blasey Ford says she didn't tell her parents because she was 15 and she thought she'd get in trouble for drinking beers with boys. I don't wonder why my daughter didn't immediately tell me what happened at camp. For one thing, I don't speak to her while she's at camp. Campers aren't allowed to have phones or any contact with the outside world other than letters. In her letters that summer, she said she wasn't having fun and that she didn't like camp anymore. Why didn't she tell me a boy threatened to rape her? Why didn't she tell me that every time she left her cabin, her cabin mates acted like bodyguards? Because she was 13. Because she was scared. Because she was embarrassed. Because she wasn't sure she wanted to leave. Because she thought the camp director didn't believe her. Because she was afraid I'd fly out there and throw a massive fit. It wasn't her job to tell me. The camp director knew and he didn't protect her. Maybe deep in every girl's psyche is a fear that no matter what happens, she'll be the one suspected of doing something wrong. That was true for Christine Blasey Ford in 1982. It still feels true today. But what did the 15-year-old Blasey Ford do wrong? In her testimony, she said she showed up at a gathering of kids that evening in 1982. She said a boy threw her down on a bed. She thought she would be raped or accidentally killed. 
Then, she said, years later, when that boy became a Supreme Court nominee, she brought it up. She brought it up when it mattered. As I watched her testimony on Facebook Live, I see comments scrolling by. So many people are calling her a liar. So many people are accusing her of being a pawn of the Democrats. So many people are accusing her of wrongdoing. That's what I'm afraid of now. That if I say boys sent my daughter pictures of their dicks and another boy threatened to rape her, people will think she did something to provoke them. This is our world. This is the world a girl has to learn to navigate. A world where she has to get her cabin mates to protect her because no one else will. This piece was originally published in the Huffington Post, right? So that's amazing. You did it. Like, you turned it around in, like, 24 hours and put it out, and it was scooped up, and it was excellent, and it was perfect for that moment. But now it's like the tw- with the 24-hour news cycle, it's like overdone, gone by. As much as I, like, think this is a really well-written story, and in a way, I feel like it's already done. We've talked about this recently also, and I want to get to the story and all the things I love about it, but I just want to hit on this one topic of the why now. It's so appropriate news to try to land, like you said this morning about Susan Shapiro, how she mentioned that if you're going to do a why now, try to find something in the news so you can directly relate your story to it. And then it it sort of, it means more, right? So I'm reading the Byline Bible by Susan Shapiro, and she is this editor and writer and memoirist and um, teacher and she has this spin on why now which is something that we teach in class all the time like it's really good for storytellers to think about why are they writing the story now and I've always thought about it in terms of like why am I writing the story now like what does this have to do with me now so like if I'm writing a story about um, myself at 13 and I see something in my daughter that reminds me of myself at 13 like that's a really good why now But what Susan Shapiro says is to consider what's going on in the news, to peg your story on something that's happening in the world right now. And the day that the day that these hearings were happening, I was watching the hearings and I wrote the story that day. I've never been able to to turn a story around that fast, but I wrote it all day. I worked on it all day. And at 10 at night, I sent it to the Huffington Post and the Huffington Post said yes. And the next morning they published it. Yeah. So the why now is really important in the moment if you're trying to get your story published in a news outlet. But is it lasting? Is that's right? Is that your question? Right. So mm-hmm. um, and then we were recently at the Sanibel Island Writers Conference with Steve Almond, and he was talking about being careful about putting markers like societal markers or something going on right now in a memoir. It, ha- it has a different effect. Using those in our stories sometimes makes your story sort of passe, or it makes it very relevant, depending on the moment and where it's going. So just pay attention. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, but just to pay attention. I want to get to the story and some of the things that I remember um, cutting out or discussing. Even now, hearing it again, I'm immediately like, I think we have too many threads. I still don't need the camp thing. 
the whole camp thread I thought was the same thing as the dick pics. To me, it seemed like a, like a parallel thread. I was a little bit bored, yet the Huffington Post was not. So obviously, you're going to get your editor's opinions. And, and Andrea took some of my edits and made some changes. And then she also said, no, I think this really does matter. Do you, do you have any comments on that? Because I, I, oh, okay, am I allowed to speak? I thought I was in the dome of silence. The camp idea. So because when I heard Blasey Ford say that she needs to live now with bodyguards, I thought of my daughter and her cabin mates who she described as bodyguards. So I saw a direct link between my daughter's story and Blasey Ford's story. I actually do think that the dick pics part could have been taken out. But the dick pics, I think, were so shocking to this editor at Huffington Post. And in this case, I think it works for the story in terms of subject, like the subject matter. It helps build the case. But in terms of a cleaner, one-thread story, as Allison is putting it, I probably could have taken the dick pics part out. So I thought it had three threads, not just two. Yeah, I like the Christine Blase Ford part, and I liked either the camp or the dick pics. I think we did maybe had talked about that. Yeah, but making um, the point twice in a way. Right. I I thought you were right, honestly. I thought I didn't need the dick pics part, but because dick pics are so ridiculous, and also they're so common. Yeah. I think that that's why this editor, he was like, really? She got 30 and all of her friends have gotten dick pics. We need to talk about this. And even though the story is really about what girls go through and how no one protects them, the dick yeah. pics was, a, was an interesting, interesting subject to, yeah. to keep in there. So I was thinking at the very end when you said she only had her cabinets to protect her, I was thinking, actually, she has you. She has me now, but she didn't at camp. Yeah. At camp, she only had her cabin mates. So who did Blasey Ford have? Nobody. She has nobody and had nobody. Blasey Ford was completely vilified. And now she she probably is going to live the rest of her life with bodyguards. Unless this blows over, I wonder. I wrote her, do you know what? I wrote her a postcard and thanked her. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because someone was like on social media saying, if you appreciate what Blasey Ford did, and I did, I wrote her, like, thank you. Not easy to speak up in Mm -hmm. any situation, and she did it, and then with a lot at stake. So thank you. Yeah, definitely thank you. Thank you, Andrea, for sharing your story. And thank you guys for listening. Writing Class Radio is produced by Virginia Laura, Andrea Askwitz, and me, Allison Langer. Writing Class Radio is sponsored by and recorded at the Launchpad at the University of Miami. Theme music by singer-songwriter Justina Chandler. Additional music by Poddington Bear. There's more writing class on our website, writingclassradio.com, including video classes, stories to study, and editing resources. If you love this show and enjoy all the extras on our website, hit the support us button. A new episode will drop Wednesday of every week, so look for us. There's no better way to understand ourselves and each other than by writing and sharing our stories. Everyone has a story. What's yours?
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.